0: So, um, lately I've been reading a lot from um, E.M. Bounds and um, Andrew Murray. They'll bless you if you read from their books. They talk a lot about prayer, life in the spirit. Of course, in that place there's nothing but victory, nothing but power. And so, this captured my eye because I wanted to speak tonight. Well, it was the Lord that that highlighted it about prayer. And... um, this church is getting ready to run into a full-blown revival. Yes. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's a difference in the atmosphere in terms of the praying. And it's like we're, there's, there's a different gear there. And um, a lot of us, uh, I don't think we understand the fullness about prayer. I mean, there's, it's inexhaustible, but, but I want, really wanted to emphasize some things tonight so that you walk out of here with a, deep, a deeper hunger for prayer and deeper knowledge as to what's taking place uh, and why we need to pray. Because we can kind of not think about those things. We can kind of just go, yeah, I know I need to pray, but have you ever thought about why? If God's so powerful, if God's so mighty, if he's so sovereign, why all the prayer? Hours and hours and hours, Why, why all the prayer? Why do we need so much prayer? Even if we're willing to do it, I think that's a fair question, don't you? So let me start by reading this. We are constantly on a stretch if not on a strain to devise new methods, new plans, new organizations to advance the church and secure enlargement and efficiency for the gospel. This trend of the day has a tendency to lose sight of the man or sink the man in the plan or organization. God's plan is to make much of the man. Far more of him than of anything else. This is not just for ministers. This is for everyone sitting in this room. Men are God's method. The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The dispensation that heralded and prepared the way for Christ was bound up in that man, John. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The world's salvation comes out of that cradled son. When Paul appeals to the personal character of the men who rooted the gospel in the world, he solves the mystery of their success. The glory and efficiency of the gospel is staked on the men and the women who proclaim it. When God declares that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong in who? In the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. That is a tremendous condition. Seems to me we have a great and important and all-consuming part to play. He declares the necessity of men and his dependence on them. The Lord says this. It's not the church. He declares his dependence on them as a channel through which to exert his power upon the world. Do not ever downplay your place in the kingdom. You are very needed. You are very required. What you do is critical and very, very important because you are a channel for the almighty God. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, Men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men. Men of prayer. Obviously, you know that includes all of us. Praise the Lord. The man makes the preacher. We are taught sometimes, not from this pulpit, in life, religious sayings, religious thinking, that it's all the gospel, but the Bible says that without the spirit upon the word, the letter kills. But who wields the word? These vessels, you and I. God must make the man. The messenger is, if possible, more than the message. Now I know that stirs. It stirred me, and I went back and read it again, but I knew it was the truth. The messenger is, if possible, more than the message. Why? The preacher is more than the sermon. And by preacher, he's not talking about fivefold. Whoever is proclaiming, the preacher makes the sermon. As the life-giving milk from the mother is but the mother's life, so all the preacher says is tinctured, impregnated by what the preacher is. The treasure is in earthen vessels, and the taste of the vessel impregnates and may discolor. The man, the whole man, lies behind the sermon. Preaching is not the performance of an hour, It is the outflow of a life. It takes 20 years to make a sermon because it takes 20 years to make a man. The true sermon is a thing of life. The sermon grows because the man grows. The sermon is forceful because the man is forceful. The sermon is holy because the man is holy. The sermon is full of divine unction because the man is full of divine unction. Paul termed it my gospel. Please do not think for a second that Paul wrote those epistles. God used him, but it was the Holy Spirit upon and through him that penned the epistles. None of the Bible was technically written by men, if you really look at it. They were an instrument, but it's written by the Holy Ghost as he moved upon men to pen it. But Paul did term it my gospel. Not that he had degraded it by his personal eccentricities or diverted it by selfish appropriation, it's all me. But the gospel was put into the heart and lifeblood of the man, Paul as a personal trust to be executed by his Pauline traits to be set aflame. Hmm. glory to God. And empowered by the fiery energy of his fiery soul. Paul's sermons, what were they? Where are they? Skeletons, scattered fragments, afloat on the sea of inspiration. But the man, Paul, greater than his sermons, lives forever. In full form, feature, and stature with his molding hand on the church. That's what God positioned him for. The preaching is but a voice. The voice in silence dies. The text is forgotten. The sermon fades from memory. The preacher lives. (laughs) So, That should give you a glimpse into how important you are. It's not saying that people are more important than the words of the gospel. Obviously, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying, in order for that gospel to be preached with power, it comes through a vessel. And as you can see, there is a huge lack of power. But the gospel is true why the disconnect well let's go back to the garden God gave us pictured by Adam dominion Amen. dominion we know this if you're not careful you'll go on autopilot right now yeah I know I know we gave our dominion to Satan and Satan's now the god of this world but just stop and think for a minute God gave man dominion man did give it away what did Jesus do? He gave it back. He gave it back. So the dominion that he gave us, we're the ones that have to exert the dominion. So for any that are sitting in here waiting for God, the sovereign, to fix it all, to do it all, he will not, he cannot. You're the one who's been given dominion. And then you might say, well, I pray but I don't get answers. Well. The prayer life is given to us so that we would so far soar past the struggle of trying to have faith. Some lives are so filled with such a lack of prayer that everything in them is all about trying to get faith. Get faith. Don't have enough faith. Get faith. God, give me faith. More faith. That is the dirt level of the spirit life. Prayer takes you so far in that you're not even aware that that's all you're operating in is faith. Because you're you're not, you're past the mechanics of faith now into a prayer life because that prayer life is where you exercise all your dominion. But you don't know much. So when you go into prayer... You have to exercise your energies connected to the vine so that all that flows out of you and between you and him is the information of heaven. You have to know that when you are given, God can't do it. He can't. He is limited. He can move on men. If they will not move. Listen, God has been endeavoring to do a work in this city for a hundred years. If he could do what he wanted, it would be a raging inferno and fire by now. He cannot because prayer makes the man. When the vessel is cleansed through a deep life of prayer, things do not get aborted. They don't get aborted because you're constantly in contact with the vine. So yes, you pray out things that are upon your heart, but it so traverses into a different place where all of a sudden you are now praying out his desires. And the thing in this last season for me, Craig's heard me say this, I will say something, I say, I'm praying about this. And I'll say, yes, I would like to see it turn around, but I so want the Father to have what he wants. I so want the Father for him to get his desires. That I don't care about what I feel or if it feels hard or if it feels long. He has to get his desire. Yeah. We have to stay in that place and labor so that the Father can do what he wants. Because yeah. he is endeavoring to pour power through all the vessels that will walk with him. Yeah. And he wants to refine us. But, but it's not always all about the refining. Once you're refined, you, you've crossed a great chasm. You don't return back. When you've been made gold, you don't return back to rubble and and hay. You've been refined. Does he continue the process? Yes, but to higher metals, to higher materials. We have been given dominion. God has given that dominion and the, the devil did get it for a while, but when Jesus hung on that cross and butchered himself and gave it back, The church is being hoodwinked to think. If you hear yourself saying, I'm always waiting on God or God seems distant, you are not understanding the prayer life. The prayer life is dominion. It's you exercising the dominion that he gave you. And in that place, out of that place, supplications are answered. Intercessions come roaring through from the life of the spirit. Let me show you, let me show you Well, John Wesley said, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. To the religious mind, that's heretical. How dare you say that about Almighty God? Oh, he is Almighty. But something severe happened when the fall happened. And he he was forced out. He had to step back. And he immediately set a plan. But that plan is through the dominion of men. It is through the dominion. I mean, how amazing is the scheme of the enemy to get us not to pray, to get us to set our sights on the Father as if we're constantly waiting in a sense of um, half-answered prayers, uh, a distant God, uh, most things not being answered, very little power, uh, most sicknesses lived with with a few testimonies sprinkled in. And we're waiting on God. That is a lie, my brother and sister. That is not what the Word says. The Word says that we have been given His life on the inside of us so that we would be attached to that vine. Attached. Attached. So now the day consists of not a paltry 15-minute rosary, but awakening of the eyes and awakening of the Spirit and feeling that attachment and beginning to pray from that place. And there's nothing mechanical about that place. Nothing. Nothing mechanical. Nothing is the same. Nothing is the same. It is the reading of the word. It is the speaking in tongues. And then out comes a prophetic word. It is a leading. It is a shield. It is direction. It's words of wisdom and words of knowledge. It's, oh, it's edification. When you don't feel strong, you immediately, out of your innermost being, That dominion on the inside begins to come out and strengthen you. Begins to come out and allow you to traverse that spiritual terrain. But how sickening is the prayer life that can't get answers. That is mechanical. That is dead and lifeless. No, God says all through the word, he keeps saying. Look, he keeps telling us to pray. I'll, I'll read you some, some scriptures. You'll see. You'll make, you'll make the connection. You'll make the connection. Look at this. James It says, This is the Amplified. It says, confess uh, to one another your faults, your slip-ups, your sins, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. And it says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes, Makes tremendous power available. Why do we pray? It makes tremendous power available. It makes the dominion on the inside of each of us spring to life. It makes tremendous power available. The fervent prayer of a righteous man. So we are required to pray. Why? Because it makes tremendous, tremendous power available. Do we not need power? A lot of power? I dare to say that the first amount of power that we would like to walk into would be seeing this church full of healing, full of power, full of deliverance, full of the possessions that he's promised us but we're waiting on God no he's waiting on us and we've heard it and we agree with it but truly I need you to see today that God cannot exercise that dominion if you've been religiously brainwashed about the sovereignty of God and he is sovereign but there are divine rules and he was cast out of this earth he had to make a plan to get back in through the Son of God and he visited men all the way along. But if you look in the Old Testament, compared to the numbers of people on the planet, it was a trickle. It was a divine march through a sea of sin. But he did it. And he overcame. So that we could be established in our dominion. But if we do not pray, if our prayer life is not first and foremost, if it's not boiling, if it's not... Uh, Morning, noon, and night. Now listen, when I say that, you have to understand what I mean. I'm not talking about rote. Boring, dry routine. I'm talking about a heart running to God. Oh, I got 15 minutes. You go to God. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I'm missing God. Okay, Father. And then throughout your day, throughout your day, throughout your day, because there's a fountain on the inside of your spirit. That river runs To and fro, night and day, never stops. But as soon as you draw near and drill down, you hit something. And the more you do that, the more you will begin to be established in the prayer life. In the prayer life. The life of the Spirit. Because we can't can't live like this. We've got to know our dominion. We've got to know what it is to fall on our face, but then to get up and know that there's a giant that walks with us. That we're not now struggling, trying to have faith, trying to have faith. But no, we're connected to the vine. So what's the assignment for today? That river, that life, it makes tremendous power available. And if we're not seeing tremendous power, then movement has to be made into the presence of Almighty God. Because he's waiting for us. Remember, he makes the man. The gospel and it will do its work. But he has to make us. He has to shape us and make us and mold us. And that is only formed attached to the vine. That's only in that place of prayer. And that's a rip-roaring place, let me tell you. It's a place of joy, tears, weepings, intercessions, supplications. And it's a place of answers. And we cannot have the things that we were born for with a poor prayer life. Because we don't know anything. We don't have power. You can't fake the spirit realm. If your spirit is starving because you're not feeding it, you're not living there, you're weak. You are weak. You're weak. So we have to see again in the scriptures we're not waiting on God. The conditions that we see come from years of prayerlessness, of tapping. This is not condemnation, I'm preaching to myself. My eyes have, been, have come open, I am telling you. Because we have, got, we have got to be prepared vessels by the Lord Jesus, and he's gonna do it. We just have to do our side. That's all we gotta do, is do what he says. And he will cause that torrential river to flow out of us. Have you noticed you can't even witness? But when the life in you moves, it changes. Look at this. This is Daniel. Look, we offer a prayer of supplication to obtain forgiveness on behalf of others and ourselves. Right? I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. This is Daniel. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy... Listen. Just listen. connect the dots here with me. He's saying, God, hear hear my prayer and my supplications. Why? Because my prayer and my supplications will cause your face to shine upon this sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. If I pray and I supplicate, my prayer of faith and supplication will cause, cause. So there's a direct correlation. If I do this, his face will shine. If I do this, healing power will flow. So please forever put away from you the notion, the religiosity of I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting for his healing power. It's not Bible. You need to, you have to meet the conditions. Not because he made it hard, but you are in a hostile environment where everything is trying to take that from you. It cannot take it from you. You're in good standing. It can't take it from you. But you got to be connected to the vine. A real connection. And this I pray, Philippians 1.9. Why am I praying? I'm praying that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Why are we praying? Is this a religious exercise? If I pray, your love will abound in knowledge and judgment, direct correlation. And if I don't, it won't, because he can't. This is legally Satan's domain. But we have him inside of us, and he broke that curse for us, so we have dominion. And we have to use it in a life of prayer. And yes, it does take work, but it's the most joyful thing. It's the best thing God could have ever given us is that walk with him. Colossians nine. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. If I pray and I labor before the Lord on behalf of someone else, because I've been given dominion, And if I'm praying for you, that means you're going to be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. But you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to pray. Whenever you get in your prayer closet, shake off every religious devil and know that you are doing business with God. You're doing business. You're taking dominion and you're going frontal assault. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Why? That you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. That's a pretty good reason to pray for somebody. That means it's possible. That means it will happen. If if we get on our faces before God, taking dominion, knowing the Spirit, praying out the things of the Spirit, that electric life, He's not even he's not even with them. That you'll stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Glory to God. Cause and effect. That's what prayer is. That's what it is. It changes everything. 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 And if it's not, there's more required of us. But it's not meant for hard work. There's more spiritual revelation required so that you know who you are and you know what you've been made. Isaiah 59, 16, it says, and he saw that there was no man in the whole earth and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm, that's Jesus, brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. God saw there was no intercessor, so he supplied the need. And he sent Jesus. Wilford Reed, who is John G. Lake's son-in-law, capsules it like this. He is our great intercessor. He is the great intercessor for all mankind. So he's doing his job. As members of his body, the church, we partake in that intercession. Therefore, our prayer life will find its pattern in him. It's not dry. It's not listless. It's not hard. It's a river. It's a river. And he wants you all so proficient. This is not for special people. This is not for ministers. This is for every person that is born again. And for the children, the earlier the better. Glory to God. Intercession is much time do I have a little bit of time intercession brings deliverance but if you're like me uh, I've just started to feel the stirrings of this in the last little while more than ever before because we have to position ourselves to be used with intercession it stays judgment it changes outcomes that would otherwise bring destruction. Just, I was telling Reverend Greg this past week, uh, last week I was at the gym and and I, I walked in and as soon as I sat down on the machinery, I felt this cry come up on the inside of me. And uh, I said to the Lord, because I I'm, I've never experienced that. I've experienced a cry, but it's usually in private when I'm ready to pray. But this interrupted me and I said, Lord, I'll leave right now if you want me to. I'll go out in my van, and I'll drive around, and I'll pray this out. But it didn't increase, and it didn't decrease. So I had my mask on, so I'm just, it's like he, he just stayed. But he didn't increase, and he didn't decrease. And I said, Lord, if I'm getting this wrong, I need you to educate me. I'm willing to go, but I don't feel you increasing, so maybe you're waiting till I'm done. So I shortened, I just did half an hour, and as soon as I got out of my van, It fell. His presence fell and and how came the weepings and it was about 40 minutes and I knew it was destruction and I knew it was extreme danger that someone was being rescued but he didn't show me who it was. And so um, those intercessions are there to rescue and they stop things, they stop plans of the enemy when there's breaches in people's lives. And the enemy comes in like a flood to destroy and the Lord will intercept. But he can't do anything unless someone's praying. Someone's praying. Why should I live and this one die? Right? If God's just, I'm not talking about the born again ones. I'm just saying some people think they're lucky or you hear their stories and it seems like the hand of providence, they say, was on them. But I guarantee somewhere in there, someone prayed. Somebody prayed. It was a grandmother. It was someone across the world. Somebody who knew how to pray in tongues. Somebody prayed because they're not more important than anybody else. And God died for every one of us and we're all equally valuable. Yeah, right. You know? So we have to be sensitive to the Spirit and foster it. But the thing I'm learning about the Lord, too, is this. Is that He does not give you those assignments cheaply. There There are levels. There's graduations from different levels into prayer. It is so wonderful to enter into prayer and come out knowing that you got the answer. Mm -hmm. Knowing. Not white-knuckling it. Knowing that you got your answer because you took dominion, because you're connected to the vine, because you feel that spirit life ebb and flow between you. And you don't move without it. But you're always moving in it. Always moving in it, always, always. I love this story, I have to read this to you. Remember I said, intercessions bring deliverance. So this is a story by John G. Lake. And it says, "Uh, so many healings took place in his tabernacle in Johannesburg. Report of them reached the leaders of the nation Some of the top government people sought him for help on the behalf of the wife of a certain government official. When Lake went to her home, he found her bedridden with terminal cancer. He determined that she was a Christian. Then he began to give her scripture to teach her about divine healing to get her faith activated. She made a decision to trust God for her healing. The doctors had given her up to die and were only giving her pain relievers to keep her comfortable, but she decided to stop all the drugs. She said, if I'm going to trust God for my healing, and I am, then I'm going to throw myself completely over on his mercy. This woman was in such pain, Lake said, that one of the ministers of the church and I stayed at her bedside around the clock praying. As we prayed, she would get relief. One morning after having prayed all night, Lake went home just long enough to bathe and shave. So this this is taking some time. This is taking some effort. When I came back within two blocks of the house, Lake said, "I heard the woman screaming in pain." At the sound of those screams, somehow—see, this is where the spirit of intercession can get a hold of us—I seemed to enter into a divine compassion. That is not—that's by the spirit. That's that's spirit to spirit. That's he communed with God. It was so easy as he heard her screaming. The divine compassion of God was there. It was there. We need it there. We need it there. The prep work in the closet. We need it when we step out. He says that Like said, I found myself running those last two blocks without even thinking about what I was doing. He took off. Without thinking, I rushed into the room, sat down on the edge of the bed, picked up that emaciated body in my arms like a baby and began to weep. While I was weeping, she was perfectly healed. (laughs) That's what we get in the prayer closet. We stay in that place because divine life flows out of that place. And if you don't know how to pray, just stay in the room of prayer. Just stay. He'll teach you. And we teach here. But he'll teach you. He'll teach you how to pray. He'll teach you uh, the intricacies of the rooms of prayer. I just said to you, just, it's just a simple example, but what I shared about in the gym, I noticed that when I asked him about that cry inside, that it didn't ramp up, I learned something. Yeah. I learned he was telling me, because he didn't increase it, that I was okay to finish, but that he had the assignment waiting for me when I was done. Yeah. Because if, when I asked him, Lord, if that's you, you know I will leave this place, but this is the first time this has happened to me like this. Yeah. If I'm in my prayer closet, well, we're ripping roar, right? We'll go for it. But I'm, do you want me to leave? Like, I haven't experienced this. And because he stayed, but he didn't increase, I felt, I said, Lord, I'm following you. I believe this is what you're showing me. And if not, I'm sorry, just keep teaching me. I got in the van 40 minutes later and down came the rain. And when it was done, I knew that whoever was in danger was preserved because of the spirit of God. But see, God is looking for intercessors, but he can't, he can't give you intercession if you're still on your rosary. If you're so in tune to the mechanics. The mechanics, I know I feel like I've preached this so many times before, but I'll say it again. If you become a professional athlete, you become the best because you're amazing at the basics. You're amazing at the foundational moves. You've got them down to perfection. Then you can build on that. You can build on that. Prayer is exactly the same way. You must be taught the mechanics of prayer. You have to be told that you have to stay there. You have to be told that when your mind fights, you just quiet your mind. Don't worry if your mind screams. It'll, it'll calm down. You have to be told about going into second gear and third gear. You have to be told about supplications and intercessions. You have to be told about them. But the only way that you're going to get out of the mechanics I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this, is to sit in that place of prayer and God by His Spirit will illuminate everything in that room for you. You'll begin to do things you hadn't done before. You'll begin to pray things and words will come up out of your spirit and you'll get excited because you can sense that you're you're getting educated when it comes to prayer. You will also learn by failure. I've learned that when I travel, it is not okay. It is not okay for the prayer life to go to the back seat because we're in a new environment. It's not okay. I said, well, Craig, what do we do? Because he's fine, but I seem to get kicked out of the routine, and then it's like, "Ah, I feel empty very, very quickly. And the ironic thing is is that I began to question that more when I would go down to camp meeting because the services are morning and night, morning and night. And so we'd come back, we'd rest, and you can tell yourself that, hey, I'm under the word, and I would come home completely deflated from a lack of feeding personally, lack of prayer. So I said, well, we know how to defeat that. If you're going to do anything in your life intentional, you're going to schedule it. And yet we're so mystical and religious about prayer, aren't we? You know, we'll do this and we'll do that. No, 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 no. If you're so busy, schedule it. Schedule it a lot. And let the Holy Ghost come in and take you out of the mechanics of prayer into a real prayer life. He wants all of us to go into all the different kinds of prayer, praying always with all kinds of prayer in the Spirit. Because you don't know how to pray, and I don't know how to pray. Cause I don't know what needs praying for today. You know, if he lets me, I will, I mean, I'm praying right now. I'm praying out the mantle. I'm praying out those calls. I'm pray- They have to go out into the earth and I pray for him that I don't really miss that. But there have been times when I get up in the morning and it's like running into a brick wall. Well, now I've learned not because I don't want to pray, but I just, it took me a while to learn that because you're supposed to pray for this. And then finally I said, Lord, I can't get in. I can't get in on that. And I've, I've labored for a while. Like, I can't get in. I'm used to getting in. Yeah. Yeah. So what do I do? And just as gently as, as he is, he said, that's not the flow for today. And he told me this. This helped me so much. This will help you. He said, when you lift up prayers before my throne, he said, I don't have a clock set to them. If you pray today, but your spirit doesn't lead you to pray it tomorrow, it's up before my throne. It doesn't fall to the ground. It falls if you stop believing. But there are days when you're... There is nothing, nothing that we do that we do it every single day. Even if for the the mighty and the faithful, like the most faithful amongst us, there's got to be flexibility and flow. But there's always spiritual habits. There's always prayer, but it might not be intercession. This might be the day where we're supplicating over the kids. Or it's just, it's just different. And I have found that I, I stayed in the mechanics a lot longer than I should have. That's why I'm telling you that. Don't stay in the mechanics. Sit with God. If you sit with God, if you stay in the realm of prayer, you won't find it hard to believe. It will actually become more a thing of what's the direction for today. It won't be about, can I bring prayer? Can I bring faith into the prayer closet? That's kind of, that goes behind you. Because as you walk the walk of faith, you become very acquainted with the behaviors of faith and what it feels like when God's giving you a green light about a certain direction. You also recognize when you don't have unction. You always pray. But that spirit of God is gonna lead you. If you wanna be effective, you want it to be vibrant, you wanna look forward to your prayer life. A living thing. We're living stones. We need living prayer lives. And God desires all of us to step in. But I'll say it again because it bears repeating. Do not place the dominion in the Father's hands. He has dominion, but the fall occurred. He's not down here running things. You have to pray with faith, and He will meet that. You're praying releases the power of God. Your praying releases his plan to come into the earth. That's why we get together and pray. But God's already said the vision and he's almighty God. Why we gotta pray so much? Because the dominion rests with us. So when he sets the vision and communicates that to us, we can use this tremendous power, this tremendous dominion To call and take this realm for him. And what does he see? He sees that faith and his power begins to flow. Right? It seems elementary. But I know what it feels like to say, why so much? We've been given so much dominion. Especially being privileged to be raised reading Dad Hagen's books about the authority of the believer. the, the, The power that's been given you. And then you go out and you can't beat the flu. What's with that, right? Well, what's with that is that you're emaciated in your prayer life. So you're caught in a never-ending struggle and a cycle of just trying to get faith. You're trying to get faith. You're trying to get faith. You're you're getting a few answers. You're trying to get faith, and you haven't tapped into that vine praying with all kinds of prayer. It waters the whole life. And then you begin your eyes. Remember, Paul prayed that we would know the hope of his calling, the, the dominion that's been put in us. And when our spiritual eyes fly open, then we're running into our prayer closet because we know we've got dominion. We know we've got the power to make it stop. We've got the power to make it come. We've got the power to abort the devil's assignments. And if you notice, if you're in the prayer closet, knowings come from Almighty God, things you never know. Things you never know he brings them right up in your spirit. So that you know it is a wonderful thing to know that you can look forward to a life that is dripping with the presence and the knowledge of God. Not always caught in a trying to have faith. In this presence is, is the faith. And that prayer life is the faith. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. Oh, I got to read you this, and then I think I'm done. Uh, 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 okay, okay. Okay, Dad Hagen said in, I think, 1942, 1943, I left one page at home. It says, uh, he said, he began to feel this in okay, 40, 1942, 1943, so the war is on, right? He said, many times I would awaken and find myself unconsciously praying, may these greater, more mighty manifestations of your spirit come into operation. Did you hear what I said? He awakened, praying it. Why? Because the branch is attached to the vine. His spirit is so in communion. God is praying through his spirit. The dominion rests with him. But the power comes from on high, but it has to flow through a man. Remember, God has to make the man. He has to make the vessels. All right? And he said, may these greater, more mighty manifestations of your spirit come into operation. What are we praying here? Miracles. It's a time for miracles. Well, if God wants to bring miracles, he can bring miracles. No, he cannot. We have to exercise our dominion in a prayer life. This should get you excited. You have a say what you're doing has a direct correlation with the actions and the lightnings of God. You will bring it into manifestation because the dominion is yours and the Almighty Father will do exactly his part. But you have to use your dominion. But you have to know it. Then on February 23rd, 1943, after praying that day for five hours and 45 minutes. Well, how did he do that? It's easy. You get up in the morning, you put your first hour, you're putting your face on. First 45 minutes in tongues, you're revving the engine. You're just feeling God out and just, oh, praise the Lord. And then you're at work, you're on your drive, you're in your shower, you sit by your bed at night for about 40 minutes. Before you know it, you've got four hours in for the day and it feels like nothing. That's how you do it. And then you get so in love with it that you don't want anything interfere with it. Okay, five hours and 45 minutes, God began to say something to me. I got my pencil and wrote it down. He said, at the close of World War II, there will come a revival of divine healing to America. That was more than two years before the war was over. What do you think we're praying for? There's a move of God coming, but we're we're doing it now. We're doing it now. Uh, the war wasn't over until August 1945. This happened in 1943. Nineteen months later, in September 1944, I was speaking at a Christ's Ambassadors rally for the Assemblies of God. I got started on another subject, but because this was burning inside of me, I got over on this subject and told what the Lord had said to me. I'm telling you, they must have needed encouragement seeing what the world and what Europe and everybody was going through. He said, I said, I want to give you a preview of what is going to happen when the war is over. There is coming a revival of divine healing to America and people will look at ministers and they'll think, oh, you're such an amazing minister. How could you know that? God makes us look good. He makes us look good. You don't know that. His voice comes up within and it's just as real as the hand in front of your face and you know that you know. There's no like Was that God? You know, I mean, it's it's not like it comes up and it comes out. And then you sit back and you watch his manifestation come to pass. And he'll do it with every one of us. Every one of us. He wants to work that way frequently and often. Okay. When I said that, there's coming a revival of divine healing to America. The power of God fell on that crowd. Every minister, just like somebody told them to, and I did not, got up and ran to the altar. Every person hit the floor. I had never seen such a sight in my life. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God for prayer. That revival of divine healing came. It started in 1947 but it didn't come because somebody had prayed the week before in 1947 it came because people not just me but others were praying back in 1943 and i think if we could have been around to see the fruit of that healing revival it would make us way more excited about what we're praying for right now but we weren't there like we didn't we didn't sit there and we didn't we didn't we read about it We read about it, and that still excites us. But if we saw it, then we would be so gung-ho now because he's talking the same language and greater. Right? You see, what is happening in the move of the Spirit of God, revivals and so forth, doesn't come as the result of somebody's praying yesterday or even last week. It is the result of prayers of yesteryear. So when this great revival shakes earth, we can't even take most of the credit but we got to do our part I I, we don't care if we take credit we just want to be a part of it but you know what I mean I'm just saying like God will roll it all up and the mother and the father that was praying back in the 60s is there's rewards and it's all gonna come together that winter of 42 and 43 I was pastor of a church in East Texas when I found myself so taken up now listen to the language so taken up and so burdened of praying along these certain lines See, the Spirit will work that in you. It's not boring. When he works that in you, there's such a joy and an excitement because God is working a work, and you know the fruit. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. And it's going to destroy the works of the devil. During those war years, it seemed as though many of our churches dried up. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? We've seen a work of Satan in the last 18 months. And churches drying up, and people terrified and afraid. Ah, so we can kind of understand what he's saying, even though it's different. But the church is dried up. He said people were busy going to war. Uh, we, won't, we won't know what that's like, will we? Or working in war plants. In our Pentecostal churches, we had an abundance of tongues and interpretations, but seldom, if ever, did we ever see any other gifts or manifestations of the Spirit. I found myself, see, this is another clue out of your spirit, man. This is, what it's, this is what it feels like. This is what it looks like. I found myself almost unconsciously praying, dear Lord, may the more mighty gifts and manifestations of the spirit come into manifestation and operation. The gift of special faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings. We're doing that now. I was so taken up with that. I would wake up in the living room, I love this, on my knees at three or four in the morning praying that. The Spirit takes a hold with us. Night after night, it was a common occurrence. I love it. Jesus used us this way. Many times I would be awakened earlier in the night. I would get out of the bedroom so I wouldn't disturb my wife. i do a lot of praying quietly and privately, but I couldn't be quiet about this. It seemed as if I were going to burst but other times i love this i wouldn't remember getting up i would find myself out in the living room praying and say to myself how did i get here gorgeous when i was praying about it it was a consuming desire do you see that it's not just us trying to find the right words, trying to be faithful, try, trying, trying. No, 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 no. It's a consuming desire. Just like the water came up out of the earth in the garden. And it came up, it says, and it misted it and it watered everything. This is the Holy Spirit's work in us. It comes up from within. It's like it becomes a consuming desire. Does that sound difficult? If it's a consuming desire? No, it's not difficult. I did not care or even suspect that God would use me in it. I didn't really even want him to use me. It would suit me just fine if I was behind the scenes where I could pray and nobody ever saw me. So there's a place for every single one of us. The ones out front and the ones private that don't, you don't even want their name mentioned. We're all part of this. God carries out his will upon the earth through the church and we have heard that and we go, yes, praise the Lord. You're not sure. But do we hear it tonight? God's not going to do it. You have to do it and he will pour his power through you as you exercise that dominion. What if people had not responded to that burden? Let me tell you. There's many things that God wanted that have been aborted. Many things. But we don't, we're not going to have that here. We're going to do the assignment with all of our heart, and we're going to do it as a body, young and old, and the fire of God is going to come and consume us, and he's going to teach us. He's going to teach us how to get into realms of prayer. Can you imagine when this is done and we've done our assignment and then we get to the other side and we get to see, like, we get to see everything that happened because we just said yes? There are people that live and die and never do anything that was touched by the flame of God, didn't even know his name. They live an entire existence and this is our assignment to help bring in a worldwide revival, our part and a citywide thing. Let's do this assignment. Do not tell yourself that you don't like to pray. You don't like to pray now. You will. You will love to pray. You just got to crack it open and get on the other side, and you'll get into that river. You will. And consuming desires, things of the Holy Ghost will come. Blessings will come. Blessings, great blessings will come. That's not why we do it. Because the blessings are not as rich, to be quite honest with you, as he is. He's better. The presence is better. Being with him is better. But the rest of it's nice. But he's better. He's the best. He's the best. So he says, what if people had not responded to that burden? Where did it come from anyhow? Did we conjure it up ourselves? No. God laid it on our hearts. God laid it. God laid it. (laughs) <laughs> on our hearts. It was a consuming desire. What if we hadn't responded? We didn't have to. We're not robots. That's what I'm saying. He's, this, is, this is where there's this sovereign God. God's going to have his way. God's not getting his way. There's thousands in our city alone that are going to hell. There's things aborted. Great things, great darkness. The darkness didn't have to come if the church was in knowledge about who they were. We have the power to stop it. God doesn't make us do anything. We have a will of our own. We have to will to respond. See, that's beautiful. We have to will to respond to the Spirit of God. If you've got the will to respond to the Spirit of God, that's all you need. How many of us do hard things in our lives every day? Right? Hard things. Getting up, making those sandwiches every night for the kids. <laughs> Not for quitting. <laughs> and Cole does help. <laughs> and Caleb helps, too. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I mean, this times this big groan. It's like, honestly, what will life be like when I don't have to make any more sandwiches? <laughs> we do things we don't like. We do things we don't like. When you're doing your last set at the gym, you're thinking, why am I doing this again? <laughs> you know? We do things we don't like, but, but, but this is different. Like, so just do it. Will yourself to respond to the Spirit of God. <laughs> God's Spirit doesn't use force. If he did, he would make everybody get saved today. It is the devil and the demons that drive and force people. The Holy Spirit leads and guides, and he will give a gentle push. Be determined, and I'm done now, to respond to the Spirit of God. Respond to those urges to pray. Respond. Sometimes there is a leading. Sometimes there is a burden. Become sensitive to Him. It's in your hands to become sensitive to Him. Sometimes we're insensitive to what He's saying in our spirits because we live too much in the mental realm and we pass by these things effective prayer must include the element of perseverance but you don't live there you don't live there the one that's persevering to be a, a, a soccer player will become a soccer player the one that's persevering to play the piano will play the piano you know they're the one that's determined that they're going to pray in this end time revival, and they're gonna take part, they will take part. They won't miss the assignments. You have to will to. But there's great reward. I dare to say that as, you know, what's the name of some soccer player, Ronaldo or whatever, as he's out running down the field, I should know, I did know. But as he's running down the field, I don't think he's thinking, he's not thinking about the mechanics. He's not, he's trying, he's running for the prize, trying to get the ball where it needs to be. And that reward, You know, that's reward enough. And then he turns around and he's got the endorsements and the money and the fame. I'm just saying, there's a fame that I desire and it's fame in the courts of heaven. We got to set our eyes there, guys. This thing's going to, it's going to wrap up. It's going to wrap up. So let's set our eyes where they need to be. Remember that as we're connected to him, all the life sap that is in him will come out into us we don't have to do it ourselves but the but the actions of praying and waiting on him and then of course he meets your needs and then bigger things happen than just what's happening in our life and yet our life is very important because God makes the man God makes the man these vessels in this place are sanctified for his use for his glory, for his bigness. And if you will yield, he will show you the places of prayer that you don't even know exist. And nor do I. I know more now than I did when I started. But I know there's a lot more to learn. Father, I thank you. I could feel them drawing on that tonight, Lord. Father, if they leave this place with nothing more than that the dominion is placed in their hands, and that you desire to pour out your power through the dominion of a believer that is in the prayer closet, that is in prayer, Lord, that you will manifest yourself. That as we pray, Lord, we are literally bringing heaven to earth. We are literally causing you to have your way. We are literally causing the assignments of heaven to come to pass, not just for us, and that would be marvelous in our eyes, Father, but you talk about the city You talk about the nation, you talk about the different places in the earth that we are called to go to. This group of believers is called to go to build, to dominate, to take over, to preach the gospel, to be fully furnished, and to go in power. Lord, your church has gone into the earth, but she has lacked greatly in power. And Lord, we are praying out for those miracles, those supernatural manifestations of heaven. Lord, let it be known in this people that they would take their place, that they would never be hoodwinked to lean back and wait on you, Father, in the sense of it's all on your side. No, Father, that you would open up the eyes of their understanding, that they would know the hope to which they've been called, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, The eyes of their understanding truly being enlightened. That they would know that hope. They would know that calling. That individual calling and that collective calling in this place. Father, I thank you. You put a desire and a burning, burning, consuming fire in them for prayer. And Lord, I thank you that it will be the greatest walk. The greatest gift you could give them, Lord, this year is to light a fire in their prayer life, taking them out of mechanics and into the flow of the Spirit in their prayer life, Lord God. Yes, there's a river, Lord. It never runs dry. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We thank you for that river of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for the illumination. We worship you. We worship you. We worship. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the miracles. As we position, Lord, we thank you. You will burst it forth in our midst. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, honey. Precious. The Lord is so good. I didn't ask my wife to teach on prayer. I didn't know what she was going to teach on. I just knew the Lord said, have her share. But if you recall on Sunday morning, we were talking about Simeon and Anna. Do you remember? And uh, I'm convinced that the reason Jesus came at that time is because uh, God had stirred Anna's heart for 84 years to pray. Think about that. 84 years she prayed and uh, she made a place so that God could have his will done in the earth. He was looking for somebody. That was his time to get Jesus in the earth. Some people say, well, He only came then because she prayed. But if somebody had prayed in 300 A.D., then he would have come then. That's not true because there's appointed times. There are appointed times. So the time that's appointed is when God's planned it to happen. But because Reverend Greg, he can't get it to happen unless supply is made in prayer. He will back the time up from what's appointed and he'll start to get people to pay that price. He'll start to get them to pray. So that the prayer is made so his hand can move. They use their dominion so his hand can move so he can get done in the appointed time what his plan was. So he knows exactly when this is gonna all come, this big show's gonna happen. He knows exactly. I'm talking about the, the, the global move of God before the global rapture, the big macrocosm. He knows. He knows when that is. And so he, that's an appointed time. It's not just gonna happen at any moment because we pray. There's appointed times, but he backs that time up because he knows the price that has to be paid so his power can move. So he touches people's hearts years in advance. Now the microcosm, he knows what he's trying to do. There's an appointed time for Africa. There's an appointed time for Philippines. There's an appointed time for Dominica. There's an appointed time for Inverness. But he's backed things up. He's backed it up so that the people will pray so that that price can be paid with the dominion that we have so that he can actually have it happen. For four years, we've been praying for Inverness. But why do you think God, because it's the appointed time in 2022. But did you notice he didn't have us pray in 2021 only? We've been praying for four years. Why? He backed up the time because he knew when he wanted it to happen, but he knows it can't happen happen just because he wants it to happen. It takes people with dominion paying a price, making power available. Amen. It is elementary, Jenny, but it's ex- but in, the, in another way, it's extremely discerned because a lot of Christians don't understand this. And my wife made two statements. I want to make sure you don't get confused about it because at the beginning she said a few times, it's not about just waiting on God. And then at the end she said, you need to wait on God. So I want to just make sure you understand that. Waiting on God is not waiting on God. There is a waiting on God where it's, come on, God, come on, God, we're waiting for you. That's what she's saying. You don't wait on God. But then there is a waiting on God where you are sitting before him and you are getting into his presence so that you can pray out the plan so that his will can be accomplished. That waiting or sitting is what we're trying to get you to do but not lord i'm waiting come on come on come on not that kind of waiting do you understand so when we say waiting it means two different things in two different contexts praise god hallelujah thank god for anna that waited on god he 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 backed it up 84 years so that jesus could come thank god for john because his crying in the wilderness wasn't just preaching it speaks of the ministry of intercession thank god that he did that While Jesus was going through those 20s. He was doing that because that birthed his ministry when he turned 30. Thank God that John paid that price. Thank God Anne and Simeon paid that price. Thank God that Dr. Dufresne paid certain prices for certain things to happen so that promise of life could step further. He would say to me sometimes we'd go back to the green room and and he'd be he 'd be he just seemed different he seemed quieter he seemed i don 't know something was up i, I couldn't and I, and i i 'm very very cautious i don 't want to step my bounds i don 't want to get familiar i don 't you understand because he's a he 's a higher office than me and i 'd say dad is is everything okay can i can I do anything for you he 'd seem burdened greg, and i wouldn 't really know what was wrong like what do you do do you know he 's kind of quiet like Do you say, talk? Do you not talk? Do you just sit quiet? Do you get him a cup of tea? What do you do? I don't know. You don't always know what to do. Because he wasn't communicative in those moments. And then and then he'd sometimes say to me later, he said, I'm 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 dealing with stuff in the spirit for your church. I'm dealing with stuff in the spirit for your church. He never really talked about it. Even when I asked him, he didn't really want to talk about it. He he didn't want to draw attention to himself. And then years later, he would say, oh, I've already dealt with that for you. I've already, I've already, I've already done that for you. I've done stuff in the spirit for, for what's happening now. And then after he died, some years after he died, the Lord said to me, th- said he dealt with your only seeing now. He dealt with things in the spirit, prayer, using his dominion, birthing certain things, and just a little while ago, the Lord said, some of the stuff you're seeing now, he, really did. he was the one that birthed it and dealt with, dealt with it when he would come for these, for these meetings. He'd do it in the hotel room. And you're only seeing it years later. You see, do you understand the concept? God wants to do something, but he can't just do it. He's got to get people's agreement. He's got to get people's cooperation. He needs us to cooperate with him. And so we preach that on Sunday about getting in the spirit, being like Anna, recognizing that the water has to come up and then the preached word praying for utterance is the water coming down and when it meets together all of a sudden things start to happen and then what do we do when we start when we start getting this because it's coming up from us because of our prayer life and because the words that god puts meat on the bone through the preacher and the vision is cast and the details are explained and that's the rain and when we've got our prayer life mixed with that vision then all of a sudden, what do we do? We say, I see it. I see what you're trying to do, God. I see what you're trying. And then we stand on a wall and we start to say, it will come to pass. I'm going to pray. See, on the wall is prayer. It's you just say, it will come. To, I, I'm, I'm holding you to it, Father. This this move has to come to pass. See, what we're doing is we're putting a demand. we're releasing our dominion so that his power will move. Now, it can't just be a few of us. The reason God's having me preach on it and her without me asking her by the Spirit of God, just leading her to its dovetails, it's seamless here. The reason is because it takes more Mary Chris than just me and her and a couple staff members. It takes more than just a couple IPT people. Everybody, everybody, everybody to the least, from the least to the greatest. You gotta get comfortable sitting before God. Everything in your life, is about sitting before God. If I can just get you all to think one thought when you wake up, just one thought, when do I get to sit with God? If that's your consuming thought, not Facebook, not making money, not this, not that, not the other, just, Lord, when do I get to sit with you today? If that's what I want. I need to sit with you today. I need to do my part today. I need to pray things out. And then sometimes there's a flow for this and sometimes there's a flow for that. Like she said, there's all different flows. But if, if you can just... If that can just be your consuming thought is, Lord, when do I get to be with you today? What, what, what role do I have in your kingdom today? What do I need to pray out today? What, what I have a supply today for the kingdom may not be a Sunday service. This might be a Tuesday afternoon, but I have a supply today. When can I get time with you? Jenny, if that's there's so much you shared, there's so many things, there's so many things that you share. but if nothing else, because I know not everybody catches everything, if they'll listen to it more than once, you'll get more, but if nothing else, if they'll just, if they can just start to have a desire, and I say it humbly, but like me and like you, where we just, we open our eyes, and the thing that we really want more than anything is just that I just need to, I need to wait on God, not that waiting, but waiting on God, sitting before God, what do I do today? What's the flow? Who do I pray for? How do I pray out the plan? What's your flow today? Oh, that's the spiritual life, my brother and sister. Oh, nothing brings you more joy than that. Nothing makes you more satisfied than that. No movie, no this, no shopping, no making money, no acquisition. Nothing satisfies than, that, than knowing that you stepped in and you did your place in the spirit that day. So I encourage you to do it. Praise God.